This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Welcome back to the BS, B, blah, blah, the BC, let me retake, three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. I um, want to thank our, our coaches, uh, Coach Whittle, Coach Biggs, Coach Sherman from uh, Stillman and Wiley College for joining us and, and talking with us about that event. Um, while, also, you know, Drew, I got to mention, since we pivoted off of football for a minute, the uh, CIAA had their media day. Uh, their basketball media day this past Along with the week, swag their also. Women's. The SWAC had their men and women's. I, now, I know the CIAA issued their, along with the media day, they also had the uh, predictions for finishing, you know, their, their order of predicted order of finish, as well as the conference players of the year, all that fun stuff. I don't think the SWAC did that, though. I think the SWAC just had sort of the the media, you know, the, the coaches conversation about their season. Did you happen to see anything from the SWAC? Nope. And have you heard anything about the SIC doing a some type of media basketball media day? Anything from no, the MIAC? I have not. Uh, obviously, I'm usually in communications with the SIAC, so I have not heard anything from the SIAC as far as it uh, goes with basketball. All right. Well, uh, I feel like October is such a potpourri of events. So I know we spend a lot of time talking about football, but we will, as we did today, we're going to have to start incorporating some other sports into our show just because, I mean, October is a busy sports month. I mean, you've got volleyball kicking in, conference schedules starting up. Basketball, look, basketball will be starting by the end of the month, Drew. Games will have already started. I, I don't yeah, think on the N- understand NAIA that. level. NAIA level, they'll right. start. Uh, Division two will start uh, first, second week of November. Division two and Division one will start in second week of November. I thought Division two started earlier than that. I thought Division Not two always started maybe about a week or two earlier before Division one. I know Division I Two wrong. starts second week. The Division Two starts the second week of November. Starts right after Week Ten or Week Eleven. The foot okay. basketball basketball will be kicking off the same weekend as the CIAA and SIAC championship. That's what I know on the Division Two level. And NAIA will actually start coming up here probably about the about two or three weeks, won't they? Last week of October. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brian, so can, I'm, can, I'm saying, can I go off on a tangent for a minute? You can. We already it's behind. Your, it's we your, already it's behind. your show. 
it's your show and we're behind already. So go ahead. So uh, did you see the interview with uh, Dr. Holloman, the USIAC commissioner, during the middle of the uh, Benedict Fort Valley game during halftime? I did not, but if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it, I think I saw some tweets by Jamie Walker, but I didn't really know what those were in reference to. So that, yes, is that I what went, they were in reference to? Yes, I went back and watched the interview, and he oh okay, you know, he he mentioned what, something. Give, give us the give us the give us the takeaway. Give us the bullet notes. Outside of the normal commissioner speak and everything else, you know, more left them in a good place, and they've got, talked about the media deals and things like that. The most interesting takes were, yes, the SIC is open for expansion. As they as they look to add, they, they do want to stay within their footprint. They don't want to be careful not to go outside their footprint. And obviously, it's going to be a cost-benefit analysis for that 16th institution to come into the SIAC, which would be a good round number. And then he talked about an eight-game, possibly divisionless schedule in the SIAC. For football? For football. There are 12 teams in football right now, correct? 13. Jeez. Well, that's why. That's why. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him for that because if you're not, you can't, you can't divide, but I thought there was 14 coming in. No, it's 13. That's it. Right now you have eight on the east, five in the west, and that's it. The yeah, teams fourteen right. and fifteen are the Moyne and Spring Hill, who do not play football. Okay, so unless you can find a, another school, so the, the I would I would be thinking if they can find another school that is a a football playing school, that would give you fourteen football institutions, football, and it, it would give you the sixteenth overall. That would Correct. be the ideal search. That would be the ideal search, right? Correct. The question is, who, who, uh, do we even want to begin the speculation? No, let's, not, not, we, let's, let's not even let's start not, speculating. Let's not, All right. let's, not, let's not go down that rabbit hole. The rabbit hole I want to go down is the eight game schedule. Okay. Eight game conference schedule. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Which is similar to what the CIA, CIAA did this year. And the one uh, yes, you're right. One of the reasons he mentioned that is to possibly better position the SIAC for playoffs and things like that. Now, we already know that a lot of times with three games, because the SIAC only plays a 10-game regular season instead of 11. Matter of fact, let me rephrase that. The two HBCU conferences only play a 10-game regular season opposed to 11 that everyone else plays in Division Two. That only leaves you two two non-conference games. Currently, they have three non-conference games. A lot of times, you'll see, like we say, those non-conference conference games among SIAC schools, like Fort Valley and Tuskegee was this year, like Lane and Benedict was this year. Those games did not count on the conference schedule, so that makes those games count on the conference schedule. But let me tell you what that does, though, Brian. 
and you leave only two games out there. Let's assume that one of those two games is against an FCS team, your, your quote-unquote check game. That only leaves one game in which you could play a region opponent. I think that will ultimately hurt our conferences with only one region game outside of their conference. So, Brian, of course, you're asking me, Drew, what's your solution? <laughs> yeah, see what I was thinking. <laughs> My solution is, and, I, and I've talked about this, play an 11-game schedule, add that eighth game, but that eighth game, eighth conference game needs to be played championship weekend. Obviously, for the Western and Eastern Division champion, or if you go divisionist, your top two, they would play in the championship game on that Saturday. But what's to say that you cannot have other games play on that Friday prior to the championship game for that eighth game that may ultimately help with revenue and then possibly sneak a team into the playoffs? That still leaves those other games, those other three, those other three games out there for you to get your check game and two region games. If you do that, and you still have eight game conference schedule. Just throwing that out there to you, Doctor Holloman. You, you you know how to get in touch with me, but uh, I I'll be more than happy to go deeper into that. But okay, so let me let me ask the questions which are coming to mind. How difficult is scheduling? Let's just say you don't know who the SWAT or or the SIC champions are until after week number 10. If you go to a divisionless format, you you probably will not know your one and two until after week 10. You may not know it now. Well, right now, but you know who you know that the East right now the East champion hosts the championship game under the current format. It rotates East West, no despite record. So yeah, you would not okay. know you would not know who that champion is. Just like look at the SWAC. The SWAC go, gives it to the team with the best record. Now they go with the East West, but ultimately the host is the team with the best record. You don't know that a lot of times until the last week, until after that last game. You make your preparations as if you're going to where the game, Where the game is played is less of an issue than who you are playing. Meaning, still I mean, know. that that's... You, 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 you still don't know. Right, because but, okay, so... How many times have you had it come down to if A, if A beats B, then C is actually going to be the representative. Look at the BAC. How many times has that happened at the BAC? What you don't want to say, Drew, here's what I'm hearing. You don't want to say dissolve the SIC championship game. That's what you want to say. No, no, I'm not saying dissolve the SIC championship game. Okay, I'm saying it then. But the championship game is one versus two because you've got too many teams that will not play each other. So you have to have your one versus two. Now, whether you keep it as divisions or you put them all in one pot, that, that's to be determined. 
keep your championship game. But, but just like just like the PSAC does, where you have other games played that Thursday or that Friday prior to the championship game. The championship game is a standalone event. You you have other games played either Thursday night or Friday prior to the championship game to give them. But when do that's those how games they get, get their decided? Games. When do those te- the, When do those games get decided? that last week or when it's like, okay, you know, you're going to finish fourth, no matter what happens. So, you know, you're the fourth place finisher or third place finisher or whatever. Those games, a lot of times do not get decided until week 10, week 11, the last week. Okay. Okay. So what you're saying is there, there needs to be, you're, you're advocating for, and I heard some, I saw someone else in the uh, chat say that the PSAC model, which apparently is an already structured, like, Two versus two, three versus three, right. four versus four, five versus five, Correct. and then you got the one versus one are already going to play each other, and then if yes. you know, then then it's just a matter of okay, if you if you know your tra- I okay, I mean, I guess logistically can work all that out in a forty-eight hour period. Correct, yeah. and, okay. and being being around athletics, you know, when you get down to this. You've, you've already got those two, three bottles. If I'm hosting, I need to do A. If I'm traveling, I need to do B. You've already got the you've already got the hotels lined up, whether you're canceling, whether you're taking them. You've already got your bus arrangements if you don't own your own buses at your university. So you already know to make those arrangements going into that last week. And then win or lose, you know which plan you have to activate. It's no different than going to the basketball tournament. The only thing with the basketball tournament is you know where you're playing. You have no idea who you're playing and what time until three days before a lot of times. Right. Okay. I, I guess you're, you're Sorry right. Sorry I went okay. down the rabbit I, hole. I didn't know another – I didn't. that's all right, though. I didn't know another conference uh, was already using that model, but yes, that's, uh, that's a good model. I'm not in favor of that model until somebody – puts together the SIEC versus the CIAA week. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, I just had to put that out there. My, I've been advocating for that for the last <laughs> Well, if, if both teams go to an eight, both teams go to an eight game conference schedule, it'll never happen, Brian. Well, not as a, not as a full well. conference. You'll have individual matchups, but you won't have it like you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, whatever. You're killing me, these schools. Okay, let's, uh, let's get into recapping the past week, uh, what was kind of interesting about being able to talk to Charles Edmond, the SWAT games really weren't our top five games. There was not one SWAT game was considered part of our top five. I mean, look, we know that the Prairie View Grambling State Fair Classic drew 53,000, which is great. And I think I saw somebody say that's the largest crowd now at an HBCU thus far. Um, of course, still some big matchups left at Jackson State and the Bayou Classic. Those Don't sleep on Tuskegee Florida Tuskegee Classic this even. weekend. Don't sleep on Tuskegee Warhouse. Is that going to really draw more than fifty three? Is that what you're saying? Where's that game being played at? It's in, it's in Birmingham. Uh, the so Magic City I- Classic. It's not going to draw more than the Magic City. It's not going to draw more than the Magic City. It's not going to draw. It's not going to draw more than the Magic City Classic, but it will definitely be the top Division Two Classic, and it will outdraw some of the. 
It'll outdraw yes, yes. Morehouse's homecoming. Oh, that's who, yeah. that's who, that's the game that usually tips the scale in the thirty some thousand is the Morehouse. Tuskegee Tuskegee's homecoming is usually the top one, but considering Tuskegee mm. don't don't yet yeah, check that. Check that. Uh, okay, I'll I'll, I'll I'll go back and look at the NCAA Tus- stats. I worked at Tuskegee for two many years. That Tuskegee uh, homecoming is usually top. How, how long? That's a that's a decade ago. But anyway, that's a yeah. decade ago. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking the last the last five to ten years, Drew. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So pre pandemic, Southern- thirty twenty five to thirty uh, okay. as high as thirty three. I'm that next week's show, I'm going to find my NCAA record book. We You showed me where that is now, so I can go find it. But all right, here's yeah. other top five. Obviously, the lane uh, upset over Tennessee, uh, Tennessee State was number one. Number two for both of us, North Carolina Central getting dumped by Campbell. Uh, 48 to 18. It was 34 to 6 at the half. Um, when I watched it, it was the second quarter, and I just watched Campbell just destroy North Carolina Central. And I want I want to give a shout out to uh, I believe was it was it Gerard Sims? Uh, if I if I Joshua Sims, I'm sorry, I, I knew I had a J and Sims, Sims right. Joshua Sims Jr. I want to give him a shout out for for some analysis on morning show with Doctor Cavill. He brought up a good point because – okay, here's what my eyes told me, Drew. My eyes told me Campbell's front, offensive front, destroyed North Carolina Central's defensive line. Uh, you would have thought it was an FBS playing FCS. That was how bad it was. And I'm talking to the point where Campbell averaged 6.3 yards a carry. They ran the ball 50 times, racked up 315 rushing yards. Now, what I liked about his analysis is that he pointed out that really it wasn't just the fact of the offensive line. He he, 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 he seems to claim that it wasn't the offensive line, that it was the tempo. The fact that, and he's probably right. I went back and looked at the stats. Campbell, Campbell ran 80, let me see, 33 plus 50, 83 plays against North Carolina Central, okay? Usually they they only run in the 60s, low 60s. I, I checked the box scores and the stats from all of their other games. They never got over 70 in any other game. I think 68 was their high. So they were anywhere from 62 to 68 in all of their previous games. So, yes, they ran about 20 more snaps on North Carolina Central. He also brought up the fact that Central hadn't run against anybody with tempo in the, now, this is some amazing deep dive analysis. So this is why I'm Four so impressed. Years. Four years. Now, if now I don't know if if he's – I don't know if Coach Minter – I guess that's great, great coaching, great scouting. I don't know if he talked to Coach Minter about this or whether that came out in the post-game press conference or what. But it couldn't have been just coincidence that he decided to go – that Campbell decided to go tempo and run as many plays, and they literally wore out North Carolina Central with the run. I mean, wore them out. And it did take up that whole half. It took them the second half before they adjusted. Uh, 0-0, third quarter, 
I mean, they out. It was fourteen to twelve in the fourth quarter, but the damage had been done in the first half to to Carolina. Uh, so, Drew, as you listen to uh, Joshua, and as you, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game again. I watched the second quarter. I watched and I watched enough for me. Where what's I watched your take enough to turn it off? Happened? Yes, exactly. I watched enough to turn it off. Because <laughs> I knew Central wasn't coming back. Not unless somebody got hurt or a miracle happened. Uh, a couple pick what, sixes or something. Was that just an aberration or what's your takeaway just in general from, after watching it, after watching and then hearing Josh's take? I think it was a wake-up call for Central. We still have to remember, Central is still not a veteran team. They're right in the middle of the road as far as their experience. They're not a young team anymore, but they're not a senior latent team. And maybe after the high of New Hampshire and they had VUL after New Hampshire, sometimes, you know, it's hard to stay focused, especially after you went and put up a 59 on VUL and get get back to to basics yes like you said great scout report running tempo and i hate to bring jackson state into this the one team that can run tempo like campbell is jackson state so is that what in they the do? Act, I think jackson state runs tempo jackson, but they can okay. jackson state has the horses to run tempo with that with that with those running backs and that receiving core, gotcha. along with should gotcha. do it. They, they, they have the athletes to do it. Not only that, it's going to be interesting to see them when Campbell comes to Jackson State and if they if Campbell decides to run tempo with Jackson State because Jackson State actually has the athletes on the back half to counter that tempo. So it's going to be a good, an interesting contrast. And if these two are the Celebration Bowl participants, it's going to give us a model that a good comparison as to how these two teams could potentially match up. Central won't see that in the MEAC. They would, no team in the MEAC can do to them what Campbell did to them. So they'll be fine. They'll still, it, it'll still come down to Central, South Carolina State, in the MEAC. And right now, especially with South Carolina State uh, a little bit banged up and things like that, I have to give the edge to Central. All right. Um, I'm, I, you know, the one thing, all we knew about Campbell coming in is you heard about the recruiting, um, and then you, you see the record from the first three weeks, and you're kind of like, meh. You know, maybe, you know, maybe it takes a while. But, look, for them, that might have been their wake-up call. In the fact that, hey guys, you know, this is who we can be. And now, um, their schedule, obviously, in a few weeks, they'll be taking on Jackson State at the end of the month. And then they've got a, uh, big, big South matchup against North Carolina AT. Um, so for, for them, that was a big game. And for Central, um, as I kind of peek ahead to what's ahead for, Central, um, they get the bye, and then they go into their pretty much MEAC schedule. I mean, the next five weeks after the bye, Oregon State, they though. start with 
they start with Morgan. Um, let, let's let's pump. That's the gonna be the test. On... That's gonna be yeah, the test. I don't know. I, I'm look. Morgan I mean, has Central, one good game. Central should be favored, but Morgan's crowd. gonna give them a fight. Yes, but you know what? Okay, I'm I, I'm okay. I'm I'm just not I'm not ready to crown Morgan as the as the upset darlings. I think that everybody else is just yet. I, I mean, I need to see. And look, they, this past week, Morgan beat Vul. Eh, you know, show me. I, everybody I'm not take, that, that was, that's a scrimmage. That's a scrimmage game to me. Everybody's beating Vul to as sort of the get right game. All you can do is say, okay, did you score seventy seven against Vul? Well, right now, that's the standard. The standard is the standard against VUL. And you didn't score 77 like Union did. And I hate to do that to Union. I've, or, uh, not what, not Union, but uh, VUL. I hate that's I hate right. to do that. But, you know, right now, it's like, oh, you gave – like, for example, Morgan played VUL, right? Oh, they gave up 10 points. They only scored 44. I'm questioning Morgan now. I'm like, uh, you only put up 44 points against VUL. Everybody else and, and, and what does that say? What is that saying about Union, though, that Union has scored more against VUL than all these FCSs? They just put up 69 against Livingston. What I'm, I'm telling you, Virginia what Union is, that saying about- is starting – it's saying that Virginia Union is is a is a is a bad team. That that's what that's saying. And so, I'm I'm just a good a good time for a bye week this week for North Carolina Central. But uh, shout out again to uh, Joshua Sims Jr. Great analysis, and and I'm now my eyes are perked up as I'm paying attention more to that Campbell Jackson State matchup in about three weeks. And more importantly, and I, and I say that because I think now that Campbell has that undefeated win under their belt, if Campbell wins two more games, that now becomes an FCS opponent that Jackson State will get a chance to sort of measure themselves in a non-conference sort of way. Because remember, all you guys want to praise State. Yes, they're beating the crap out of the, their opponents, but they ain't played nobody. I they uh, yes, I said, I said, including FAMU, they haven't played nobody. I, I said what I said. They have not played any competition that is on their level. Period. Now, maybe there is nobody on their level. That's another thing, Drew. Right? You know, and so we'll we'll see. There might not be anybody on their level, so that may be a, a comment that uh, you kind of. Uh, under consideration with, with an asterisk next to it, but I, I'm just saying. All right, let me move. Let's move on, Drew. Another number three top five game of the weekend: Benedict traveling to Fort Valley State for their homecoming. A top five matchup between two top five teams in our top five non D1 poll. And pity the fool that that puts Benedict on their homecoming schedule. Uh, forty-five to thirteen. I mean, it was four to six at one point. I don't even think this was a close ball game. Yeah, uh, Benedict, Benedict is that is that dude, man. Benedict is legit. I think if you had doubts, Drew, if you had doubts, I think those doubts should be erased. You still have doubts about Benedict, Drew? I just want somebody to get Benedict in a close game, and Brian. That may not happen. 
that honestly may not happen if somebody gets Benedict in a close game this year because if it comes down to a last-second field goal, I have to side with whoever they're kicking their field goal against because Benedict – Lane had him in a close game, 14-0. Yeah, but they, it, it, that was – that was not a close game. One, I'm that's talking about the, a one-possession game. That's the closest game they've had. I'm talking about a one-possession game, Brian. I'm one sh- possession. Okay, hold on. Let me, you, keep, you keep talking. I'm going to go find out at what point in that game was it a one-possession game before Benedict When it was seven. Uh, when it was 7 nothing. When it was 7 nothing. That was because I watched it. That was the only time it was, it was a one-possession game, Brian. Well, what, what, but, what uh, more do you want, Drew? Yeah, Benedict one for two on field goals. PATs four for six. That means that's five points that they left out there, Brian. You went four for six on PATs. That's five points. But in a one possession game, Brian, that's something that could make the difference. They can't afford to do that against an Albany State. Now, against anybody else in the SIAC, possibly. But against Albany State, that was going to be tough. All right. Uh, will Miles give them a challenge this upcoming no. weekend? No. Miles is on their fourth quarterback, Brian. And unless they get one of those, unless they get quarterback one or two back, it's going to be tough for Miles. Miles can run the crap out the ball, they play good defense. But without the threat of a passing game, it's going to be tough for Miles to do something with their Benedict defense, who's one of the top run stoppers in the SIAC. Now, one of the things I just noticed here, that Miles game is not part of the SIAC matrix schedule for Benedict. So essentially, Benedict's season comes down to October 15th at Albany State. That game as early as it is, will probably decide the SIC what East because following Correct. the Albany State game, they travel to Morehouse, they host Clark, and then they go across the street and play Allen University. Um, now that one might that, that might be a trip, but that might be a dangerous game just because uh, it, it's a crosstown rival and Allen has the kind of offense that might give them trouble. But I think now we're all staring at Benedict waiting for that game. Go ahead. Look at your matrix real close. And this is one of those quirks in the SIAC schedule. For Benedict, the game means nothing in the standing. For Miles, it is a conference game. Oh, so that's why it's okay. So I'm looking. I just happen to be looking at the Benedict uh, schedule. Yeah, you, you online, got. So. You always have. To, you always have to look at both both teams when you look at those uh, SIC that, Patriots. That okay. See that. Tell, that tell no, another discussion tell for another podcast. That's why he wants to get rid of divisions. Yes, I I agree. I agree. Get rid of divisions because that's ridiculous. You, that's yeah. you need to play play. Oh man, let's not even get into that. That, that that's ridiculous. I don't understand that. Um, okay, so uh, number four on our top games of the weekend, Virginia State having to rally 
late in the fourth quarter and defeat Shaw 28-24. to um, I think, Drew, what that win does for Virginia State, it now means a couple of things. Virginia State unbeaten in the North after three weeks. Virginia Union unbeaten in the North after three weeks. Bowie State won because they lost to Shaw. Uh, la- uh, what last week? Yes. And Shaw has their ago. first loss. Yeah. Two weeks uh, ago. Okay. Two weeks ago. Okay. So Shaw has one loss. Shaw needs to beat Fayetteville State and not lose and not stumble again to win the South. And but it what it, what it does in the North. Let's look at the North for a second as we think about Virginia State and how big that win is. I know a lot of people instantly go to how big is Virginia Union, Virginia State going to be? I actually think over the next two to three weeks, Drew, Bowie State is the team that is in control of their own destiny because obviously they have both State and Union coming up here over the next three weeks. And if they can, if they knock both of those teams off, they're right back in the championship game, presumably, right? Correct, correct, correct. And I know they have Union at home and let's see i'll tell you just a moment they have they go they travel to virginia state okay and they have union at home back-to-back weeks so brian in by october 15th we'll know how important this Union State game will be at the end of the season. So that's next week. That's the next two weeks where Bowie plays. Who? So this upcoming week, Bowie has who? State. State and at the uh, following... State on the road. Union at home. Okay. Well, I mean, man, yes. geez, uh, I thought Bowie. I thought Bowie hosted Union this year. Yeah, Bowie. Yeah, Bowie. Union travels to Bowie. Okay, okay. They go, I, they I, go to state, and they they host Union. Bowie does. I got you. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So this weekend marks a big weekend for Virginia State. Uh, it could be an elimination game for Bowie, essentially. So, you know, um, it is an elimination game for Bowie. It is an elimination Bowie loses, game for Bowie. Okay. Bowie loses this game. They're done. They push okay. the two games wow. behind. That puts them two games behind everybody because Virginia State went on the tiebreaker. And right. with Union already up there. Now let's flip down to Shaw, who has Virginia State this weekend, obviously. For Shaw, they could actually lose this game and still control their own destiny because they still have Fayetteville State later on this year, October 29th. So Shaw could climb back into the race with a loss. So this victory is, I mean, excuse me, this game is, for Bowie, it's the, it's the season right now. For Bowie, it's yeah. the season. Right. Virginia State and Shaw can both lose this game and still control their own destiny. Let's just put it like that. Right. Um, and this was the last weekend, I believe, of the North versus South. Crossover. Yes. Crossover. Last crossover uh, let's week. see. Yes. The North ended up being 3-0. and 
as the Winston-Salem State-Lincoln game got canceled, that was supposed to be Winston-Salem State's homecoming. Um, I'm not even going to go into the funniest thing I saw. Um, hmm. uh, the fact that uh, – oh, and then Thursday, Fayetteville and Johnson. Johnson sees in the south, right? Yes. They play – okay, so Fayetteville beat Shawan on Thursday, Johnson I C. I think Smith, that was 13 to 10. Yes, 13 to 10. Johnson C. 49 to 14 over ECU. So the North goes three and two. Uh, so again, it started five and one, then it went four and two, and then finished three and two with one game not even being played. So uh, again, the North overall wins the North-South battle. And now everybody finishes up their last five games uh, within their own division, I actually like how that worked out for the CIAA. What do you? What, what about you? Oh, I love it. You get your three crossover games out the way, then and you stuck playing straight divisional opponents. And it, and really, it, it 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 if you look at it, it kind of you get a chance to say who had the tougher the the fact that your non your non divisional games impact your seat like for example Shaw Shaw had to take on Bowie State and Virginia State right I mean I don't think anybody had a tougher cross-divisional matchup than Shaw did maybe Fayetteville can say oh hey look we had to play Union and yes you know so I mean and I'm talking teams in in the hunt you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I, you know, look, I, I think it kind of worked out for the upper-level teams of the North. And probably the best thing that happened for both Fayetteville and Shaw is that they lost a game over the past three weeks. You know what I'm saying? And so it kind of worked out where now it brings back into focus the Shaw-Fayetteville matchup to win the South. So wow, that will be know, uh, that will be October 29th. Woo. I know, I know a lot of good storylines, a lot of good storylines left um, in there. And I don't know. Eventually, I'm assuming Winston Salem and Lincoln will replay their game, um, uh, unless they know. play that during the week of the CIAA championship. That would be the only way because there are no open dates. Hey, you know what? Good point. Um, interesting. And we have seen people make up games on that day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our last game in our top five games from the weekend. And it's it's another non D one matchup. So four of our top five were non D one games. How about the student versus the teacher? Because Lane was out. Lane was one of our teams and they're non D one. So four and a half of our games. The only thing, only oh, only D one no. team we had was Tennessee State. I got gotcha. you. Well, we, we, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Central, we talked about Central. Okay. For, oh, so anyway, um, uh, student versus the teacher. Uh, what year is this? This is student v teacher showdown number. I don't know. Did, did anybody do the history matchups? What's the record? Actually, actually, actually I coaches? did. I, I, I mentioned it in my article on d2football.com. Okay. So you and should you know it off the top of your head. 
I, I don't ah. remember it off the top of my head, but I know I looked up that stat okay. and, and brought it up. While you're looking it up, the, and I'm pulling up the matchup I'm right talking now. about, the matchup I'm talking about is Tuskegee uh, versus Clark. Of course, Clark, head coach, former Tuskegee coaching legend. Um, uh, Ruffin was five and four. Right Ruffin was five and four at uh, versus Slater while at Miles. Willie Slater at Clark, um, Reginald Ruffin at Miles was five and four against Slater his, when his he was mentor. at Tuskegee. Right, he was five and four. So now he is six including and four, the la- including now the last four in a row. Mm, wow, uh, Tuskegee gets a double overtime victory, forty-five forty-two over Clark. Uh, wow, Drew, tough tough contest for. Clark, um, we have stats, but we we had no visuals, and thankfully you you heard the audio of the game. Um, and and look, Tuskegee now is that three in a row since they got seven hundred, seven hundred, seven hundred one, seven hundred two. Hey, they rolling now. Tuskegee, after sort of a tough start, has won three in a row, and I'll I'll admit, Drew, they are actually look they they're gonna make things interesting for Lane. Uh, Lane's not going to be able to walk away with the uh, SIC West. Uh, I, I think Tuskegee is very much in the mix. Where is that game between Lane and Tuskegee? Where is that game at? You know, offhand? Uh, it, it is in Jackson, Tennessee. All right. So a home game for Lane. I don't know if that if that will matter, but good for them. And, they get a chance. And I think – and we need to go to the master schedule. And I've said this uh, to everybody. Here is Lane's schedule to finish out the season. All right. They have Kentucky State this weekend, Miles next Win. weekend, Win. Tuskegee on the 22nd, Central Question State mark. on the 29th, Savannah State Win. to finish the season. Win. Savannah State? I'm Did sorry. they get Savannah State? Yeah. At that point, because at that point it's all for the it's all for the marbles. It's to make sure that what you get into the uh, championship, you can't afford to lose that game at the end of the year. And you're giving them the win over Tuskegee and Miles because they got I, Tuskegee I Miles mark. back to back. I put a question mark. What? You just told me that, my, but they've got they've Miles, got right. I was about to say you get them both. They've got Kentucky State this, this upcoming me, week. You just told me Miles wasn't going to be a factor against. Uh, Benedict, so I definitely not making Miles a factor against uh, Lane the following week. So that's why I gave him that one. Okay, At Kentucky State. Kentucky this State week. just got their first win, and, and, yeah, and that run game for Kentucky State is something not that nice. All right, you know, let's I'm go with Tuskegee. Let's go with Tuskegee's remaining schedule. All right, Boarhouse, Central State, Lane. Kentucky State Miles. I'm contending that Tuskegee schedule is slightly easier than Lane's schedule because the, the the crossover game they've all played each other. Tuskegee's crossover game is against Morehouse. Lane's crossover game, remaining crossover game is Savannah State. I I don't know I. 
I mean, short of short of both of those teams really stumbling over themselves, I, I really think I, I really think it's coming down to that that their their own game. I, I think I think Tuskegee and Lane win the games around them, and then it just comes down to what they do on that matchup. So, just for full disclosure, Benedict. Oh, excuse me. Miles has Benedict, Lane, Kentucky State, Everwaters, Tuskegee to finish out the season. And that Tuskegee game is in Miles Travels to Tuskegee. Yeah, see that? Now, that's a school that has a tough schedule down the road. Second, I mean, they've got, they're they're playing three. Now, that, look, if they they weren't on their fourth string quarterback, as you just noted, uh, they. They they would be playing spoiler or even be playing for the contention of getting into the West Championship or representing the West what, rather. But what I'm afraid of is that that one of those quarterbacks will be back by the time they get down to Kentucky State and Tuskegee at the end of well, the season. Well, yeah, that that's interesting. Yeah, that could be a factor. That could be a factor as well. Uh, I, I I'm just fascinated right now by the potential matchups. I think the S the SIEC in the CIAA have, have, uh, they have the most drama and intrigue amongst their divisions through the halfway point of the season. Um, I, I think, I think you have some clear separation between your top teams and the MIAC and SWAC. but there's still a lot of football left to be played. I, I think the last three to four weeks and the MIAC and SWAT are actually the weeks that matter the most in those divisions. Whereas in the SIC and the CIAA, it's the month of October. I mean, li- literally the next three weeks, by week, by the time we get to the 20-something, Drew, the 20th or 20-something, somebody will know, I think we'll clearly know who's who's going to be running for the uh, the championship. And then we'll be talking about playoff positioning. All right, Drew, can we take a break and then let's wrap up the show with the top five? Sure. Let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up, my brother. Yeah, let's take a quick two minutes. I want to grab some water. I got to get some water. And then let's uh, let's do the uh, top five and then let's uh, put a bow on this uh, show for tonight. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology Protects against flakes, even between washes It's never not working Kind of like us, number 15 Never not working I don't like this one Me neither Let's get out of here Head & Shoulders scalp shield, never not working
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Q-Time is a classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. Meet Jessica Moore. Jessica was born to care. She always had your back. Like the time she spotted the neighbor kid, an approaching car, a puddle, and knew there was going to be a situation. That's my best friend. She don't need no Sheldon's class? Yeah. It's Atlantis. Nice. I don't think they had camels in Atlantis. Really? Today, she's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Wolford and AD Drew here. Before we get into the BCSN Top 5, the second uh, BCSN Top 5 of the season, we got to give out some grades, some midterm report grades in the non-Division 1 level. So, Let's go through conference by conference, division by division, and let's see what our midseason report card looks like. All right, first up is the CIAA North Division. And for grading purposes, the only A that we can give out right now in this uh, semester or this midterm is Virginia Union by by far and away the clear and uh, unanimous number one team in uh, most mid major non D one however you want to call them Division two black college polls I think they're even ranked top twenty in the nation uh, nationally so uh, and they they just put up a sixty nine on somebody what they're what are they averaging now Drew over fifty a game. I think it's, it's over 50. It, it, it had dropped to 48 before the last game, but now with this, with doing the 69 to St. Augustine, they are definitely going to be back up over 50. And I think it's their second shutout to maybe two or three. I don't know, maybe they've had three, but second. again, yeah, second one. Now, so um, the only thing with that is how does that 
Valdosta State win look now, considering that Valdosta State lost, uh, gave up 70, losing to Delta State. I believe it was 70 to 24 was their final score. But they okay, lost to Valdosta State. Talk about that Delta for a State. second. When Virginia Union beat Valdosta State when they were ranked number two in the nation, right? Correct. On the road. Now, since that time, where was that Delta State game at? Where was that game I at? Believe, I believe Valdosta went to Delta State. Okay, and they lost. They gave up 70 points. Uh, and Perfect look, game. We, we've, we've called Kentucky State's win over Edward Waters last year the perfect offensive game. They had 11 possessions. They scored 11, t- scored 11 touchdowns. Not field goals, touchdowns. No punts, no turnovers. I mean, that was about as perfect – a game as you could play. Uh, this one pretty much was right there with it by Delta State. And yeah, it brings up a lot of questions, Drew, in terms of, you know, maybe Valdosta State isn't as good as their history says they usually are. But but anyway, um, I, I, I hope it doesn't discredit them and they fall too far. Who knows? It'd be interesting to see what happens there? Going back, okay, let's get back to the rest of the grades. Virginia Union with the A. The Bs right now we give to Bowie State and Virginia State. And um, I think Virginia State has won three or four in a row since they lost their opening four season game to Lamar Ryan. Yeah, four wins four in a row. One. Yeah, I, I think Bowie, people may question, well, why? so why isn't Virginia State getting an A? Uh, what, what's your take on that, Drew? Someone says, why is the Virginia State getting an A? Uh, well, even though Lenore Ryan was a top 10 team at the time that they bet on preseason top 10 team, kind of when you look at it, this was a – everything was equal. Both, both schools had the opportunity to go out and recruit the same amount of people with the same amount of scholarships, and they were not impressive in that loss to Lenore Ryan. They were blown out in that game, if I do remember that correctly, Brian. So considering yeah, 38-19, yeah, 38-19. Okay. Wasn't necessarily a blowout, but from what I remember, it was not a competitive game. So those were kind of the factors that left Virginia State. Now, if we were giving out pluses and minuses, you would probably give Virginia State a B plus. But this is just straight letter Correct. grades right now. Just just like when, just like when you're in college, you got a four, or three, or two, or one when it came to your grade. Right, and the same thing would apply to Bowie State. I think why Bowie is getting a B instead of a C is they're really, I think, playing above expectation. I, I mean, look at who left. I mean, not to me. Yes, I know preseason they were predicted, you know, to to win the the North. That was a bit surprising to me given the fact that uh, you got a new coach uh, who, you know, became a – he moved up two positions in about a week. Uh, so <laughs> that, that you know, that along with some of the departures, I mean, that just goes to show what they had stocked up in the on the shelf at Bowie State. And so credit to them. They lost a tough game. They lost by three points to Shaw, and then they lost to um, – uh, the Saginaw Valley Saginaw on the road. State. Yeah, Saginaw Valley. Saginaw right. something. Saginaw somebody on the road. And this is and after... that was not a competitive game, though. 
No, but but they did get a win at home against a ranked team. So the B B minus would be what Bowie get. Uh Lincoln PA gets a C, two wins. Again, I can't reiterate this enough. They have not won more than one game since 2015. So they are they are above expectation and probably would if they had played Winston Salem State Saturday, they probably would have beaten them on homecoming. And I'm telling you, Lincoln PA would be in a B category right now. Unfortunately, we're stuck with two wins, two losses, average C. Uh, Elizabeth City State does have a win on the year, but they're they're at a D level. Um, I think you you gotta you get to that C level. You gotta have a couple wins through the first five games of the year. They don't. All right, let's move over to the CIAA South. Uh, nobody is getting an A in this division, especially not after. Uh, losing three three losing records, three weeks of losing to the North. Uh, so the best we can do is give Fayetteville State and Shaw B grades on their season thus far. Yes, you have a big win, but you've also got a disappointing loss. Uh, Fayetteville State's got disappointing losses against uh, uh, Virginia Union and Wingate, two teams that you could have beat, but you didn't. Shaw, disappointing loss this past week to Virginia State. Had Shaw, put like this, Drew, Drew, are you giving Shaw an A had they beaten Virginia State this week? Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. that's how close they were. Uh, Johnson C. Smith with a C grade. Livingstone with a D. Uh, right now, you know, there's what's the I and W? So I is for incomplete. W is for withdrawal. Now that's we recommend we a withdrawal. <laughs> right, we recommend a withdrawal. We can't we can't give you an F. We're not giving any Fs on the me. We we want to be encouraging and give you something to work forward to. But we can say your season is incomplete, as the case of Winston Salem State. Your your season's sort of incomplete. Livingstone is uh, no Saint Aug. Saint Aug winless. Are they actually winless? Yes. Or are they just winless in comp? They're winless overall. Winless. So yeah, you're winless. winless. You're winless overall. Uh, yeah, that that you might need to withdraw or go ahead and, and move to an incomplete status. But uh, we're not gonna give you an F. But if you yeah. want to stick around and get a grade, you you need to you need to show up. But we will give Fs. I'm not afraid to give someone an F at the end of the year, Drew. I'm sorry. I'm 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 just gonna be real honest. These I's and W's could turn to F's if some major improvement doesn't happen for these two teams. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, okay, let's move on. Do you like the grades so far? Any Anything? You, we did this together, so, I mean. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's move on okay. to the SIAC. Move on. SIAC, the East. Some good grades here. A lot of, lot of competitive teams we might have one of these one of these grades we might have to change but albany state and benedict both getting a's right now sitting at undefeated records in the uh in the east as well as within division two no i said within division two albany state's only loss is to an fcs florida a&m team fort valley just lost their first game a b now, Savannah State just lost a home game to Kentucky State. I might change them from a B to a C. I, you know, they were sitting yes, at. Yes, his graphic was done before that game was completed. Went final. Yeah, so that yes. that would be. I would drop Savannah uh, Clark, State to a C. 
Yeah, Clark gets a C for the mere fact that I, there has been improvement. That was probably a winnable game today against Tuskegee. Um, it's maybe someone at Edward Waters might say, yeah, but, you know, they lost that game when they took a win away from us. I I think Clark is just playing better above expectation. So I'm giving him a C. I think we give him a, a C. Uh, Allen, Edward Waters, and Morehouse all at D level right now. Lots of opportunity to work their way up. I, I think the schedule will will bear out. Uh, anybody on this list, Drew, that might might catch an F. If you look at the bottom, anybody that potentially might catch an F based on the rest of the uh, season schedule. Morehouse. You look at it. Morehouse might catch an F. Uh, number one, you've got the most tenured coach in the. SIAC with uh, Coach yeah. Rich Freeman. And let's look at Morehouse's schedule to finish off the season, Brian. Tuskegee this okay. week, Fort Valley next week, mm-hmm. Benedict after that, Albany yeah. State after that, and then Ooh. Clark. Good Lord. Do you see your, Is it really going to come down to easy, that? The, the auto easy it's going to come down to the battle of the AU. It's going to come down to the yeah. battle of the AU, isn't it? Oh wow! It it, it really is. Mm. Wow. It okay. Really is. Let's move over to the West. In the SIAC West, uh, now some of you may be surprised. Lane gets a B grade, doesn't get an A. I was a little surprised at that too, to be honest with you. I don't. Uh, what, we, we talked about this. So, what was our discussion? Why isn't Lane getting an A? I mean, they're three and two. Why aren't they getting an A? Just remind because me of that I, again, Drew. I know. I know the loss that they took to Benedict was a a factor in 14-0, it. And, the only the closest game that Benedict just had this year. Right, and, and I can't remember who the second loss was to UAPB beginning of the year. UAPB, correct which was a competitive game road game against an FCS. Correct. So, and they, you know, and they just beat an FCS. Brad, this is just oh, me. I, I got you. You got to be four. You got to be four. <laughs> you got to be either four and one or five and oh, at this point to get to be considered on the a line. You know, we're, we're rewarding you uh, for excellence. You know what? I assistant. I like that. That that that's good. Okay, I can go, I can I can go with that. That's well said. Tuskegee gets a B as well. They are now three and two. Central State and Miles both at C. Kentucky State with a D just got their first win, so um, decent grades for them in the SIAC West. Let's go over to our independent non uh, S. IAC CIAA teams. Langston is the only team that gets an A so far. Number five, I believe, in the latest HBCU Pro Sports Media Association poll, unbeaten, and they, and they got a win this past weekend. So um, there's another big score. I forgot what the what the score total was. 40, you have that handy. Forty six or something. Forty six or something. 46 to something. Yep, sounds about right. Um, so good win for Langston. I heard you guys talk about this this morning. So a good good win for Langston. Bluefield State, Florida Memorial, 
VU Lynchburg, West Virginia State always sees, although among that group there, Drew, I would probably, now look, some of y'all may be like, how are you giving Lynchburg a C? They've done what we expected them to do. C is basically, wow. C is met expectations. We and expected they, they, them to get they, blown out by these teams. And they, they were, they've been competitive they've been against non-HBCUs. That's a nicer way of saying it. They, they've been competitive. They, <laughs> that's a nicer way of saying it. West Virginia State, probably amongst the four teams that they're getting a C, I'd probably put them up above Bluefield State. And then, yeah, I would keep Memorial that's right now. So, I mean, based on their conference. And now West Virginia State is like three and two, I believe, right now. Through the first five games. Uh, Arkansas Baptist transitioning from JUCO to Division II uh, at a D right now. Oh, excuse me. NAIA NAIA to Division II. Thank you. No, no, no. JUCO to NAIA. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Arkansas Baptist. JUCO to Okay. So a D right now. Uh, Lincoln, Missouri, Texas College. Uh, same thing. Incomplete, possible withdrawal. Uh, yeah, it's a tough season. Tough season. And Lake uh, Missouri not- has the toughest schedule out there. They they have more top fifty teams in their conference and more top twenty five teams in their conference than everybody else combined. Man, I I just that's rough. That's rough. Uh, man, I, I don't I don't even know how you measure what they deal with. Um, okay. So that's our midseason grades. Uh, you can let us know what you agree or disagree on. Obviously a lot of room for improvement. It'll be interesting to kind of look back from the midterm to the final report card drew and see who improved and who didn't over these last five weeks, last six weeks of the season. Okay. Now let's wrap up the show with the BCSN top five. Again, these are our computer-generated metrics that uh, break down um, such things like wins and losses, non-conference versus conference. Strength of schedule is factored into this. And it moves because your your opponent's strength of schedule obviously is based on their opponent's wins and losses. So, you know, those extra points could all go into deciding uh, where your team ranks. Who are we going first? Non-division or division one? Not. Nah, let's go nine. All right. Uh, let me pull that up. So non-division. Um, let me make mention first off a strength of schedule, toughest strength of schedules in HBCU among all the teams in NAIA division two level. You've got Lincoln, Missouri with the toughest miles college with the second toughest, uh, VA Lynchburg three, Kentucky state four, Shaw five, the easiest Schedules, easiest schedules. Langston with the easiest, followed by Central State, Johnson C. Smith, B. 
Benedict and Lane. Now, that's interesting seeing Benedict and Lane. Actually, seeing Langston, Benedict, and Lane, that's three teams that are pretty much in a lot of people's polls, including our own from last week, or either mostly last week. So uh, let's see how that factors in to this week. First off, the in the hunt teams that just missed getting inside of the top five. We got Tuskegee there at three and two, two and zero overall. Fort Valley State—that's a big drop because I believe Fort Valley State was in the top five last week. Number four, they were number four last week. Yeah, so they dropped uh, as a result of their loss to Benedict. They dropped out of the top five, and then Bowie State who defeated Livingstone, uh, but I think they had already dropped out. They weren't in the top five last week, I don't recall. But but anyway, as you can see, they're very, uh, very close, very close. Uh, now, how close were they? Uh, well, technically, not very close at all, because coming in at number five <laughs> – <laughs> Number five, Langston University, five and zero overall, four and zero in conference, one eighty three. And just to put in perspective, that's some uh, thirty five points ahead of Tuskegee, who was just outside. So that kind of lets you know how far away they are part of the Sooner Athletic Conference. Number four, number four, Virginia State. Virginia State, the Trojans defeated Shaw 28 to 24. They are 4 and 1, 3 and 0 in conference. They've won four games in a row. And uh hey, this week tough tough matchup. We've already talked about it. They're hosting Bowie for homecoming. Uh interesting take that you had on homecoming games, Drew, uh this morning. And we'll talk about homecoming wins and losses from week 1 here shortly. But yeah, so Virginia State comes in. Were they number four? Where were they at last week? Do you recall? Uh, Virginia State was number three last week. They dropped okay. one. Okay, okay. They dropped one. Interesting. All right, moving up to number three. Number three, Albany State. Uh, I think they, they might have one. dropped. They, they dropped a spot. One. Uh, four and one in the con uh, overall, two and zero oh in conference. They defeated Miles twenty to three. Next week, uh, they're traveling down to Edward Waters. Um, what do you? Let Let me just say, it's probably not what Albany State did, but it's probably what someone else did, which resulted in Albany State dropping. Who that and, is? And- so who moved up to number two? And resulted in uh, Virginia State dropping also because that was the bump effect. Yes, because Benedict moved all the way up. I think last From week they were five four. to two. They were five. Okay, five wow, to two. five to two. So that's how there was a big top. It but was they a top beat five the number matchup. four. Yes, they beat yes, number so four. So they beat the number four, moved all the way up to two. Uh, they're unbeaten overall, five and zero, oh, three and zero. Oh, defeated um, Fort Valley State. Uh, 45 to 13 and this upcoming week they're hosting miles and so that just goes to show big big jump big wins when you beat a top five team so benedict takes advantage of that they are legitimate still holding on at the number one spot 
is Virginia Union, five and zero, three and zero, defeated St. Aug sixty nine to nothing. They host it's the only place where you can say somebody did a sixty nine and got away with it, Brian. It's on. It's wow. on the sports show. Wow. Question is. Will they match that mark on homecoming against Elizabeth City State? Will they? Okay, I, will they go over or under sixty nine? I'm, I'm going to set the line at sixty sixty nine and a half. Over or under against Elizabeth City State for homecoming? Consider that they've done seventy seven against somebody. I got to lean towards the over, Brian. That. Oh, my goodness. Man, this is awesome. So we have three unbeaten teams there. I believe those are the last three. Not at Fort Valley lost. We're down to just three We're down to four overall. Teams. Four overall, three four? in a really? non-division. Are you sure? Well, no, no, you've no, count Jackson three State. overall. Ja- well, well I, we're talking non-division. No, let's not yes. do that. Don't do that. We're talking okay. non-division, non-division, non-division level. We've got three unbeaten teams. Uh, and again, Albany State, only loss is to an FCS team. So you, if you want to say technically there's four in division, you can. But that's what the top five looks like. Union, Benedict, Albany State, Virginia State, Langston. I'm curious how Benedict, obviously upcoming here pretty soon, we got Benedict and Albany. Those two teams will match up first. Uh, two Saturdays. Two Saturdays from now. Um, you've got Bowie, Virginia State matching up this week. You know, will Bowie, how how playing Bowie will help Virginia State? That'll be interesting. Yes. Yeah. It's it, it really is going to be interesting. And also keep in mind, Brian, in about two to three weeks, we'll see the first Super Region 2 rankings come out. Everything that we do here at BCSN and all the other polls don't matter as far as Super Region 2 is concerned. That's what the NCAA ranking, that's what's going to be the determining factor. And we want to see how many of these teams are either ranked or close enough ranked so that they could get in at the end of the season. Be nice to see three teams in this year. Let me uh, want to answer a couple of questions that I see from off YouTube from Edwin Moore, who asked, was Lane expected to be anywhere close to what they have achieved? I think so, Drew. I, I think I'm thinking back to the preseason media day. I think Lane was one of the schools that uh, in talking to Coach Brown, they thought they had a really good team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Lane was one of the schools that myself and Jamie Walker, I think we both thought Lane could challenge the West. I mean, I I, I think we may have taken Tuskegee. I don't even recall. I, I took Lane. Both- Okay, I know. Yeah, Lane was. I took Lane, Lane was a popular choice uh, among some people, a lot of people. So I would answer your question and say, uh, yeah, Lane. Yes. Lane was expected to be where they were, and and here's the thing: Tennessee State, zero and four. I didn't. 
I, I didn't it's not that I didn't think Tennessee State would beat them. I thought Lane would give Tennessee State a competitive ball game. Again, they should have probably beat UAPB. And that was a healthy UAPB. Obviously, that was the beginning of the year when they had their quarterback. And now, you know, you look at them and say, you know, you're missing Skylar Perry. What kind of season are you going to have UAPB? You know what I'm saying? So, correct. yeah, um, that lane will be an interesting team to see. And, and right now, right now, obviously, they're, they're nowhere. <clears throat> they're not in the discussion. But that, just give it a couple of weeks. You'll you'll see Lane in the top five if they keep winning. It'll work itself out. Um, yeah. So let's move forward now to Division One, Division One level. Okay, Division One level. Let me start off with our uh, in the hunt teams, teams that just missed out of being in the top five or dropped out. Alabama State. Three and two right now, one and one after their 16. Uh, that should be, if uh, that should technically be 16 to 13, not 61 to 13 victory over Texas oh, Southern. Type, typo. No <laughs> dyslexic one. That's all right. No dyslexic. Yeah. Uh, uh, this <laughs> week they host Jackson State. Ooh, that'll be it. That'll be a great game. And then Southern also just missed out. A that two, score is correct. Two and yeah, that one is fifty nine to three. Um, all see, look, I don't know, man. If here's the thing, here's how big Prairie View and Southern game is. Southern, you have whooped up. Think about who you have whooped up on. You whooped up on poor little Florida Memorial, and you whooped up on UAPB without their starting quarterback. You, you know, and you've taken some tough L's. Prairie View A and M is the who are we game? I, I really think that's the game where everyone's going to say, who is who is Southern? So I think a lot will be answered in that game. Uh, let me give the strength of schedule here, Drew, before you go to the top five. In order of toughest schedule, these are the top five teams, strength of schedule. Mississippi Valley State with the toughest among all FCS teams. Norfolk State's at two. Tennessee State at three, Florida A&M at four, Morgan State at five. Uh, Bottom five, easiest schedules. Jackson State with the easiest schedule thus far. So I I just want to say that as people state certain things out there about Jackson State. Easiest strength of schedule so far. Howard, second easiest. Hampton, third easiest, followed by Texas Southern and Southern at five. So that's your top five toughest and easiest schedules through this past week. Okay, here we go. Top five. Let's start first with Prairie View A&M coming in at number five. Defeated Grambling 34-14, 3-0 in the conference, uh, 3-2 overall. Where was PV last week, Drew. Were they in the top five last week? Yes, they were number three last week, if I remember correctly. Okay. Three or wow. four. Okay, so okay, interesting to see them drop. We'll discuss. You know, these numbers can be kind of. We'll talk about that in a second. Number five. So they drop even with a win over 
Grambling, they dropped from three to five. Number four, moving up from five to four, Florida A&M, as they defeated Mississippi Valley State 34-7. The Rattlers are now above 500, three and two overall, two and one. This week, they travel to South Carolina State. That'll be an interesting contest. Um, moving to number three. Number three, Alcorn State. A bye week did them well. I, did they stay put at three or did they actually move up because of the bye? Uh, that's a good question. I think they may have moved up. I have to pull back up last week's rankings to see that officially. Uh, well, the, they're two and two uh, with one and zero oh in conference. Um, they play. Uh, they this week they're traveling to Mississippi Valley State this week. Number two. Number two, still remaining at number two, North Carolina Central, four and one uh, overall after the 48-18 loss to Campbell. Uh, this week, uh, they're actually on a bye. They're not at South Carolina State. Little typo there. They're at their own bye. Now, I will say, people might say, well, how can North Carolina Central still be a two? I will say this. Computer metrics and numbers that I saw leading into their game against Campbell all had Campbell rated higher than Central, even though Campbell's record was like one and two, and all of them had Campbell winning. Us humans chose to think that North Carolina Central was going to beat Campbell. I just want to make that clear. Uh, but the computers, the computers did not like Central in that matchup, and the computers seem to have won. But they leave Central at number two. And, of course, number one still is Jackson State. Uh, they were on a bye. They're 4-0, 2-0 overall. They're traveling to Alabama State. Homecoming at Alabama State. Homecoming at Alabama State. That, you know, you, you do that at your own risk. So, Drew, let's break down the top five. Again, the top five. Jackson State, Central, Alcorn, Florida, and M, Prairie View might be controversial to some people, Drew. What are your thoughts as you look at what the computer numbers kicked out? Just to give it full perspective, last week you had Jackson State, Central, Prairie View, Alcorn, and Florida A&M. Last week, Prairie View had 191 points. Last week, Alcorn had... 189 points and last week Florida A&M had 182 points so you can see the fluctuation in points Alcorn actually picked up a point and didn't even play that was due to that due to certain metrics and opponent strength of schedule uh affected that so Alcorn was able to move up a a point because of that. And that's where a lot of this has come down to. It's not what these teams particularly did is what the teams around them did. And the teams that they have played have done that slightly affected their metric. So Prairie, so let me, let me, and let's, let's be clear on this. And this, cause this is what people will fuss about. Prairie view lost two spots in the poll after a win against a subpar Grambling team. 
Correct. Essentially, that's Correct. what happened. They dropped two spots, yeah. and then the teams who were behind them moved up ahead of them. Correct. They. It's not that they lost two. It's not that they lost spots. They didn't gain any extra points for the victories, and the other teams were able to gain points for the victory. Or for all coins, they they stayed idle. Their vic- playing, gambling, win or lose hurt preview as far as their strength of schedule because your strength of schedule changes from week to week based upon your opponent so right now jackson state has the easiest schedule out there we are going yeah. to assume that's going to get easier as they play different opponents as they get into the beat of their schedule and play yeah. higher rated teams um Wins and losses matter, folks. Wins and losses matter. Um, you know, and it'll your be interesting wins to and losses see. matter in our ranking. Yes, yeah, I'll be interested to see um, what. Uh, let, let's uh, interested to see what happens in the upcoming week. Let's quickly look ahead, Drew, and I had it pulled up here. The schedule for this upcoming week. Week number six, what are some games that uh, you you mentioned one or two games on the show? But uh, let me just kind of – you tell me if I missed something um, or, you know, I'm just going to run down some interesting games here and you jump in and tell me if you see something or if I missed something. If you don't start Um, with Virginia State and Bowie State, then I don't know where else you're going to start. You got to start right now. Is that your – is that your game of the week, though? As far as non-division ones, yes. That's my non-division one game of the week. Virginia State, non- Bowie State. Let me see if I can trump that. I don't think I can. No, you're right. Good luck. Yeah, non-division I mean, there's one, a couple yeah. of interesting matchups. You've got Benedict Miles, but Miles is down. Uh, yeah. Tuskegee Morehouse just because State, of the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Morehouse because yeah. of the tradition. Yeah, yeah, but but like you said, the, the, what, in terms of what matters, yeah, yeah. I, I think in terms of what matters, uh, you hit the nail on the head uh, with that one. Uh, Bowie Virginia State. That's it. That's it. Your your uh, your non division game of the week. Uh, lots of juicy choices. In the uh, FCS, uh, you, you could go. I mean, everybody, almost everybody in the SWAC has an interesting matchup that you can look at. I, I mean, you could you could start with the Jackson State traveling to Alabama State for homecoming. Uh, oh, hold on. Speaking of homecoming, hold on. I got this stat here ready. Homecoming matchups. Uh, three teams won their homecoming games. Bluefield State. Over Apprentice, 22-19. Of course, Bowie winning 53-7 over Livingston. And Alabama A&M, 35-27 over Bethune. Two schools lost their homecoming game. Lincoln, Missouri, 45-3 to Central Oklahoma. Fayetteville State losing 45-13 to Benedict. And then one homecoming was canceled. Winston-Salem State. I'm just, uh, man, your homecoming was canceled. That's brutal. That's brutal. I, I don't even know how you can't even reschedule that, can you? You just have to kind of. You can reschedule the game, uh, but it's hard to reschedule homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. 
Yeah. So um, this week, I think you've got a way. You've got a few more homecomings. There's at least it looks like almost ten schools that have homecomings this weekend. Uh, Central State has homecoming. More. How about this? Morgan State hosting Norfolk State. First MEAC contest of the season. That's going to be an intriguing matchup. That's an intriguing matchup for homecoming. Lincoln, PA has homecoming. West Virginia State has homecoming. Virginia Union has homecoming. As mentioned, Alabama State has homecoming. UAPB has homecoming against Texas Southern. Fayetteville State has homecoming. Savannah State has their homecoming. That Virginia State buoy is homecoming. Tennessee State has homecoming. Yikes. And they've got Bethune-Cookman coming in. What would Hopefully Bethune-Cookman can get back home. Don't know if that – they may be going from Huntsville right up Alabama, 65. Huntsville to, up to Tennessee. I don't, up to Tennessee. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half ride. Yeah, but at some point, I mean, you got you got guys in clothes and being out. I mean, that's a lot, man. I don't even know how you do that logistically. Do you just – yeah. Come back home and then pack a bag and then go back up on the bus. And yeah, that's tough, man. I don't. There might have been one of them packed for two weeks when you leave. You know, sometimes you've been told that. Wow, that, wow, that, that's logistically, man, that is something. Um, who else? Anybody else for homecoming? Fayetteville State, I said, was hosting homecoming. Savannah State, Virginia State. Uh, oh, Tennessee State what? as well. Yeah, that, that's about what I say. That, that feels like about 10 homecoming games. Yeah, this is a non-homecoming matchup. What about Florida A&M traveling to Orangeburg, South Carolina to take on South Carolina State? You know what? I think, i am be honest, Drew, that between that and the Southern Prairie View game. Those are your top two. Those are those are my top two Division One games to me. I, I mean – I, those I need to be, those two games need to be our must picks on the sheet this week. Okay, I'll make sure to I'll make sure to cue that up. I'll make sure to uh, to uh, to to put that in order. I'm glad you brought that up because it, uh, go ahead. Any other games that you're spotlighting while I pull up the office pool thing? Nah, you know? those, those are the two games that I was looking at on the Division One that were Florida A&M, South Carolina State. And the Prairie View Southern, as Coach Doodley comes back to Prairie View, where he won the SWAC West title last year. Okay. Uh, picks for this past week. I, uh, oh, geez. I was three and two. <laughs> I, I lost both of the mandatory games. Our mandatory games for this past week Your idea. were Alabama State Southern. Yeah. And Grambling Prairie View. I lost on both sides. I lost. I picked Texas Southern, and I picked Grambling State. I lost both of those. Those are the only two games I lost. I won the other three. Um, let's see. Let's see what you did. You. Let's see, Drew. Uh, let's see, and you you got both of them right. You picked Alcorn, uh, Alabama State, rather, and you picked Prairie View. Um, uh, but. You lost all your other games. You lost your other <laughs> no, you, no, I'm sorry. You lost I know I lost Central. Lost, I know I lost the Central yes, game. Yes, you lost Central and then you picked uh you picked Robert Morris to beat Delaware State. Delaware yes. State beat Robert Morris? Yes. Wow, 
okay. I, we didn't we didn't note that. I mean, Robert Morris, okay. Good job, yes. Dell State. Good rebound. Um, look at you picking against Delaware State. Um, let's see, Kelvin and Jamie. Kelvin from the ONG and uh, Jamie Walker, both with four wins. Uh, in terms of season standings, man, I'm still in last place. Sixteen I see you right and eight. there above you. You you have a three game lead on me, nineteen and five, and you are three games out of first place. Jamie Walker is twenty two and two on the season. Uh and Kelvin is one game behind him at twenty one and three. Yeah, now it gets harder because I think now we have to pick more HBCUs. And I and I, I'm gonna I'm making you notice I'm making it harder now. Now I'm 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 picking two games that we have to pick. So yes, I will make sure to put the Southern uh the Southern game, Southern Prairie View, and the FAMU South Carolina State. Those will be the must picks for this week. Uh uh yeah, so I'll, I'll make sure to set that up. Okay, uh, Drew, any final thoughts for this show? And uh, we can get out of here, man. I got a lot uh, of work to do here to get all this stuff on the pod zone. We've done an, an ex- super extended version of the BCS in sports wrap uh, mid-season. This is usually – we usually only go this long on the end-of-the-year show, so – I know. I got to. I'll break this up into two parts on the show. I think I'll break it up after the baseball conversation, as that'll be the end of part one, and then part two will be everything we did after that. All right. Yeah, that's that's well, how I'll do that. So, well, let's pick up All the right. show and get out of here. Well said, Drew. Uh, follow. Make sure you're following the Black College Sports Network, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mybcsn1. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google and Apple Play Store. My JBN or my BCSN is where you can find it. Please, please, please. Hey, go listen. Uh, go go find the BCSN Pod Zone. It's everywhere you listen and download podcasts. Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, all of those spots uh, and more. Just search BCSN Pod Zone. Add it to your rotation. Hit the follow symbol. Follow us. <clears throat> if there's an opportunity to rate, give us a rate. Not only our show, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, you can pick up there. Brave Talk with Charles Edmond, Alcorn State Sports, uh, the pregame show. Those shows get loaded up. The ONG Strike Zone gets loaded up. The Carlos Brown. So <clears throat> all of the shows that are on the Black College Sports Network get loaded onto that podcast channel. <clears throat> and you can, uh, however you listen and download podcasts. Losing my voice. so long, you lost right, your voice. Let's go home. It's oh, time we are to go. home. Hey, thanks. Every- <laughs> yeah, I'm already home. Thanks, everybody, for watching, hanging in there, however you Subscribe, listen, rate, share. We appreciate you. Time for us to bag it up and go home. Peace out. Wahala. Well,